We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Hamm, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me today, Fox 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? I am doing quite well. Quite well indeed. Uh, we actually get some Kings items to talk about uh, this this week. So, release of the schedule, pretty, uh, pretty fun, but overall doesn't really matter. You just get to find your... I, it, it's interesting to see how like the the in-season tournament kind of plays because that's such a new factor. But no, I'm good, guys. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. And of course, Brendan Nunes from the Kings Wolves podcast. Brendan, how are you? Doing well. I'm ready for the schedule release overreactions. The teams that are just hated by the league and the league favorites. You know, happens every year. What we'll call them Thursday overreactions. Uh, Sean, of course, hates those. Um, hi. Okay, so let's just take care of the business. If you're watching here on YouTube and you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you are not a subscriber to the page, please do subscribe. Uh, I don't know. We're over 3,000 subscribers. We're growing. We're building. Uh, love it. Everything's going well there. Um, jump on board with the King's Beat. Uh, go to thekingsbeat.com. Become a premium subscriber so you get invites to everything like... Uh, the happy hours and all of the content that we create during the season, during the off season, everything else. Uh, and it gets delivered right to your inbox, especially while everything is so chaotic on social media right now. Um, and outside of that, it, it is uh, NBA schedule day. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the schedule today because there's all kinds of fun nuances to this season's schedule. Uh, we can uh, start breaking things down, but uh, let's just start with just how is everyone doing? How, uh, Sean, Brennan, what's going on? How are you? Well, I'm fine. <laughs> if there's something, if there's something going on I shouldn't be concerned with. No, I, uh, I'm still enjoying summer, man. I, I, you know, it's been a little, uh, 
been a little warm, uh, which I like, but I went out to a concert earlier this week and it was sweltering. Uh, I was, I was, I was melting, but, but it was like all in good fun. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Went and saw Post Malone. Oh, Brendan, you missed Post Malone and now you're upset about this. Yeah. I'm mad that I did not know Post Malone was in the area. Um, I didn't even know of this Toyota amphitheater. I'm not going to lie. I'm still getting used to the area very clearly. Um, Jesus. Yeah, you know, I'll it's stay a, on my toes. It's a I, long way out there. I am going to it's some comedy show on Saturday at the Hard Rock, which I remember not hearing great things about, but never been there either. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, hold yeah. on. What do you mean? This guy just comes in firing. Like, firing, he's just, just like, trashing yeah. all of our local spots, Sean. What do you mean? Like, he's I, like, thought, I, don't, I, don't I thought Sean the was the one that said not great things. No, no, about the What are you talking about? about the Hard Rock. No, I was just there. I saw Chris Tucker there earlier this year. I saw Halsey there earlier this year. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like I saw some other thing there this year as well. But no, it's a new it's a new casino. I'm not a I'm not really a gambler. Uh, I don't like casinos because it's filled with like cigarette smoke. Uh, mm-hmm. But they do a lot of the new ones do a really good job of kind of getting rid of a lot of that shit that just hovers in the air. So no, I mean look fantastic venue really man like especially like because of the hard rock and because of what thunder valley has done with this brand new music venue as here we are on king's beat talking about all these venues but in addition to golden one center where the kings play in addition to the amphitheater in addition to like ace of spades throughout sacramento all these music venues are bringing really quality acts so i would i would go to those uh websites and take a look because this that's how you find out that post malone is in your backyard also comedy club punchline fantastic uh, the night I went to Post Malone uh, for two nights, Hassan Minhaj was there doing a small comedy show. Uh, it was one of those things that was announced very quickly and sold out very fast. So put your alerts on, pal. <laughs> there we go. Until I um, to a couple. What did you hear about the hard rock that was so trash? Something I thought that you there. said not great things when you went to Chris no, Rock. That's not but... true. No. It's just a long way out there. First of all, it's not a long way. It's, long it's driving. Way. It's driving up to like Marysville, which I get. Not not the most uh, uh, certainly not the most uh, convenient. But the, the the amphitheater and and Hard Rock are right next to each other. You know, if you've been to the amphitheater, it's pretty. It's great. Yeah, getting out they, of there can be a bitch. I mean, that is a lot oh. of traffic, but yeah, whew, yeah. The amphitheater is is a lot like it's designed like the Shoreline. Uh, right. down in, in Mountain View. So I don't know if you've been to Shoreline, Brendan, but... I have done Shoreline. Yeah, so if you sit on the hill um, by, like, the third song, your your underwear severely wedged up your behind, and you slid down the hill at least, like, eight feet. And then by the end of the show, everyone is at the bottom of the hill all squished together because you just keep sliding down the hill. But, but overall, <laughs> like, uh, it's good to have these venues. And like I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Crest, uh, to see a concert like even that was like it's such a great venue the acoustics are incredible and it's just a fun spot so i, I agree sean there are like a, a lot of uh cool spots around sacramento to to go hit shows uh, we've of course got sidetracked which is something that, that always happens, happens. No. um and then of course someone in the comments like oh they don't start talking basketball until the 547 mark of the podcast <laughs> and it's always the most upvoted comment it's the funniest thing yeah, well, it's fine. They can do whatever they want. Like, but but either way, we uh, we don't always get to catch up, especially during the off season, as as three friends that uh, cover this crazy Sacramento King, Kings team. Um, we do have the schedule to talk about, and uh, like my biggest takeaway early on 
is shock and awe that the Kings are getting recognized for their their good season last year with 22 nationally televised games. Now we can him and ha we can fight over what's nationally televised and what's not uh, because <laughs> because uh, NBA TV for a lot of people is not nationally televised um, because of course they are also on NBC Sports Bay Area or NBC Sports California. Uh, but as of right now, from my count, I have them at six TNT games, five ESPN games, and 11 NBA TV games. And there's this other thing that's hiding within the, the schedule uh, within those nationally televised games that I, I want to point out. Of the 22, I count 16 are at Golden One Center. And so, number one, I just say, like, hat tip to the Golden One Center crowd, Kings fans, um, because I, I think there's nothing worse than watching a nationally televised game where you hear the ball bounce and it's reverberating through the building because there's no fans. So I think uh, the NBA not only rewarded the Kings for their strong play last season, but also rewarded Kings fans by making sure that they were part of the national TV package uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Brennan, 22 nationally. Well, I, we can say 11 of full-fledged national television games and, and 11 of the bonus version with NBA TV. Yeah, I do kind of put them in different categories, but either way, um, I, I think it's obviously great Sacramento is getting this. I think to your point, so many of them being home games is a great opportunity for people to see the environment that is golden one center loud every single night especially when they're given something to cheer about like they were last year and the kings are just really entertaining they're one of the best offenses and one of the worst defenses which means you're gonna get a lot of buckets and chaos really they were top 10 in clutch games had the clutch player of the year last year a lot of games going down to the wire um i think just a lot of athletes and a style of play that's really entertaining to watch with that high pace. So it, it makes sense. Um, I'm a little surprised that it's that number already, but it, I do think it's understandable. They play a fun brand of basketball and this is also the league kind of betting that they're going to stay good. Uh, staying yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I think <laughs> It's exactly what we talked about. I mean, there's people who are pissed off in re in recent years that they're not on national TV. And by the way, I do consider NBA TV national TV. I am one of those people that do because I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if you're on still on your home market. Like, that opens <laughs> – that gives eyeballs for free. Uh, well, obviously, with a cable package, a basic cable package or whatever streaming service you might have. But that, that, that gives people a, a glimpse into – your full game and uh you're rewarded for that i thought there'd be a lot of flexing in the schedule i had you know had some people tell me that that that, that was something that they had expected and was pitching for and um i think the league said okay we'll earn it like prove us wrong and, and the kings did i mean getting third in the west having an excited brand of basketball that that we that we witnessed and then you have all the accolades as brendan mentioned with the clutch player of the year you've got all nba you've got the coach of the year you got executive of the year you got and then you have this incredible playoff series that goes seven games with a dynasty type team that's kind of nearing its end the end of its rope but for the most part um and it, it was it's just so fun and so you're being rewarded for that they're like okay here's now let's they're going to schedule it and it's 
King's job to keep those games because, as as I mentioned, they can be flexed out. So uh, I don't expect them to. I think that you know we all expect them to still play the exciting brand of basketball. Um, and you know, hey man, you got that beam that was really gimmicky, and people want to see it. So uh, that playing at the on the home court in front of a rabid fan base uh, is is going to be fun. It's exactly what the NBA wants, even if it is a small market, and that's uh, the NBA likes to you know show off their small markets oftentimes during the regular season. So um, I, I'm thrilled for Kings fans because they finally have something to uh, celebrate. Uh, it's been a while since you've had this much attention on the team and, and a lot of positive attention, I'll add. And uh, yeah, now now it's up to, to, it's up to uh, the team to, to make sure it's all warranted and, uh, and they get to keep it and they're deserving of it. So um, kudos to them. It'll be a fun, fun season uh, ahead and, yeah, there's certainly some uh, little things to maybe talk about within the schedule, but uh, I think that the the national TV audience and attention is going to be uh, very much welcomed by Kings fans when they when they look at the full schedule, which comes out really really soon. Yeah. Okay. So let's touch base on a couple of things. Um, number one, the Kings are up to like again, it's 22. That's what I'm I'm seeing. Um, they can be flexed out of games, but you're not going to get flexed out of 22. There's no. possibility for, you know, to get flexed out of quite a few, but not that many. So if they don't just completely come out and stumble and, and really, really struggle, um, a lot of their games are in, uh, you know, November and December. Uh, they, they have a ton late in the season as well. Uh, and we'll get into some of the nuances of the schedule, but I want to make sure people understand that, Last season, I I believe the number was 44 games that the Golden State Warriors were on national television. And so like this number might sound huge to Kings fans, but it's like the first step of being a good team and getting some recognition. The next step is to get a whole bunch more of these games. And uh, so I I just want to point that out. There's also um, some anomalies to the schedule like there's only 80 games as of right now because of the in-season tournament. Uh, the in-season tournament is going to take place in, in early December. And so there's, you know, the Kings will have some of those games to contend with. Uh, they'll have to figure out whether they're um, like a high-seeded team or, or a low-seeded team. If they don't make the in-season tournament, um, then they get two regular season games during this little window in, de- in December. Um, so that's something to point out. Um, outside of that... Um, just looking at the games that they are on national television, I don't see a single bad team that they're playing. I mean, if if we're going to say who didn't make the playoffs, uh, the Mavs are the only team that I see that the Kings are playing on national television. They have a March 26th game on TNT. They have a March 29th game against the Mavs on NBA TV. Outside of that, and we all know that, you know, of course, the NBA loves Luka, the only ga- other game where the Kings are playing uh, a non-playoff team is early in the season when, as part of the end-season tournament, they're one of the highlighted Friday night games where they're playing on ESPN against the Spurs. And so the rest of the games are all against Golden State, uh, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Denver, uh, Celtics, Suns, like the Heat, Sixers, like Last season, the one real national television game the Kings had, they got flexed out of because the Houston Rockets were so bad that they didn't want that on on like a Tuesday night. 
that's not going to happen this year with the rest of the, the teams that they're playing. So I think that's also a nod of respect for this, for this team. Um, I guess the question is uh, like, what are you guys looking for when, when you are looking at the schedule, when you're breaking it down and is there certain things that like catch your eye or that you're like, okay, I want to know how bad this schedule is in this way or that way. Uh, is there something that jumps out? Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at, uh, at least for me, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't have it conveniently. It's on my phone. I don't have it conveniently laid out in front of me, but I will say, I look at the amount of back-to-backs. I look at the amount of three and four nights and I look at the holidays uh, to see, you know, obviously where, where the team will be around the holidays. Uh, do they have any holiday games? And then lastly, uh, to me, I like to see the longest road trip, longest home stand. Um, and if there's a good balance or if there's a, you know, boy, you're going to have the majority of your schedule, the majority of your home games in the first half or the second half of the season, things like that are things that catch my eye when I look at the schedule. Yeah. Brendan. I mean, I don't really have much else to add. I'm curious to see how the in-season tournament gets laid out for sure this year and the whole 80 games. I'm curious to see like what that chunk of time looks like and how they leave that flexibility open. Uh, for those final two based on if Sacramento does make it into that next round of the play-in or not. Um, but I mean, that's typically the same stuff for me. I think back-to-backs and like, you know, are you playing the more difficult team on the second night or the first? Uh, what the travel is like in between those back-to-backs at times. Definitely looking for that one long East Coast road trip. Or there would be a couple, but typically one extremely long road trip. Um, and I wouldn't have thought of the holidays, but that definitely – makes a lot of sense and and do you have a preference of like if they're home or away on the holidays personally i don't um i i really don't care uh because you know my life doesn't really change that much so um it, from a selfish standpoint but even you know I, the kings have been blessed to be uh at least around the christmas holiday they're usually home uh in recent memory they've always been kind of home for the holiday so um that part doesn't really matter yeah, uh, this year, I mean, they have a back-to-back on the 22nd and 23rd of December, and then they play again on the 26th of December, but they've got the 24th and the 25th off. Um, they do have, they're on the road around Thanksgiving. Uh, they play the day before and the day after Thanksgiving. Um, outside of that, like, I don't think that there's a lot of other holidays that fall into this question. Um, and then, well, like some, the, you know, New Year's Day, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, well, they do play New Year's Eve. Like yeah, they do play. Right. I think they play Memphis New Year's Eve. They're off New Year's Day. Right. Um, okay. So you guys asked about back to backs. Uh, this season, they have a total of 15 back to backs. Of those, six are home and home, which is always weird because that's something new. Uh, six are road and road. One is home and road and two are road and home. Uh, And of those games, the one thing I would point out that's really interesting, they play the Utah Jazz on the first game of the season. That's opening night in Utah, uh, October 25th at the Delta Center. They do do not have another road game in Utah, which is spectacular because that is one of the worst back-to-backs in the league, and they don't have a customary where you either it's typically you play in Utah one night and then you either fly home or you fly to Phoenix or you fly somewhere else. And the whole entire trip usually wipes you out. They don't have that on the schedule, which to me is really good. Uh, So again, a six and six split on 
uh, home and homes and road and roads. I think that's fair. The uh, all the the other the other three games, the two that are road and home, and the one that's home and road. Uh, one of the games is in California the whole time. So from what I could see, so even if it's like you play at home one night and you play in LA the next, I think that's one. You play in LA one night and you come back home. Like, so they're all moderate, uh, which is good to see. Um, what else? What other stats that I have of these? Um, the, the road, the road trips. Uh, okay. So the beginning on January 25th in golden state, the Kings, uh, have a seven game, 12 day road trip. If you add on the travel days, it's more like a 14 day trip. Uh, and it's all over the place. They also have a six game road trip in November, uh, and they have one five game road trip in January. Their November schedule is pretty ridiculous. So that's one thing I would point out. November, they have uh, 14 games. Five of them are at home and nine of them are on the road, including one of those big road trips. And then the Kings, for some reason, always have a big road trip in January. This year, they have two road trips in January. That are substantial. I, I believe it's a, a five game and then the six game that lead. No, no, the seven game that leads into February is also uh, on the road. Um, when you look at those things, it, Sean, you mentioned earlier, like, are you hoping for a, like a lighter schedule earlier? If you're looking at home and road splits, would you rather have a bunch of road games early in the season or a bunch of road games late in the season? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think you, you just try to hopefully find balance. I think if you remember last year's schedule, for example, I believe it was February where there was like three home home games. Yeah. Um, which is, you never want that. Uh, and again, I, it, 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 that sounds jarring, but when you really think about it, um, you had two of them, I think in the first week of February and then one at the end of February. And the reason being is yes, you do have road trips, but you have the all-star break. So that obviously takes a good chunk of your schedule out. Um, so you, you want more balance than that, though. Um, I, I feel like the league does a really good job of, of especially you know when we talk about back-to-backs, um, they've limited those. They, those have come down substantially from what they used to be. Uh, the three and four nights have come down even, I mean, way more than they used to. They used to, and they eliminated the four and five. The four and five is brutal. Brutal. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I if I if I had my pick and you're a, you're a team like the Kings historically are this season. I don't, I don't know that, um, you know, I've kind of said that I think they could take a step back in the wins column and still maybe end up being a better team by virtue of a, of a decent playoff run. But it, it, those upper tier teams, um, the start of the season don't, doesn't really have to be special. If you will, uh, you know, you can kind of make up ground later in the season, but for a team, in my opinion, that's a little bit more of the up-and-coming team and, and took the league by surprise a little bit last year. And, yeah, they finished third, which is fantastic. But um, I still feel the Kings have their best success if they take advantage of the early schedule um, when, you know, teams might not be at their best yet. And that's what's going to be interesting to see is if this tournament uh, plays a factor, this in-season tournament plays a factor in that. So... Uh, I would say for the Kings having your the strength of schedule, you want it to have a you want to you want to get out of the gate hot. And typically, you, let's let's face it, the road has actually been a better um, 
recipe for success for the Kings and then home court has, maybe this is the year where that changes a little bit. Uh, hopefully that happens because, you know, as Alvin Gentry said before Mike Brown and, you know, Dave Yeager said before them, it's like, you know, you, you want to take care of home cooking and, it, you know, that's, that's, it's so hard to win on the road and it's been kind of an anomaly that the Kings have had success on the road for the better part of two seasons. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that shakes down. I think yeah, doing... I'm going to point out to that to just to finish Sean's point there. The Kings were 25 and 16 at home on the road last year and 23 and 18 on the road. I mean, at home, at home. So they had a better road record than they had home record, which is a, a total anomaly. That's never happened. So go ahead, Brennan. Yeah. And I think like starting hot, to Sean's point holds even more truth this year with the continuity that this roster has. Like when you bring back as many guys as you did and you have such a similar look, I think that you have an advantage at the beginning of the year compared to some teams that maybe need to take a little bit more time to mesh. And that's not to say they're not going to obviously implement new things. And there's a couple of new guys that have to get accustomed. Um, But I would think that beginning of the year that they have a little bit of a leg up on some of these other teams that have to get accustomed to new guys. Um, And and then the other thing that does kind of stand out to me is I feel like the Northeast road trip typically, I I mean, you're playing a lot of really good teams, but I feel like the Kings have kind of struggled on that trip. Um, Like they've gotten smacked by Boston a couple years in a row. And Mm -hmm. selfishly as a guy that has a lot of Celtics friends still, I get a lot of crap every year. So I would love for them to, you know, at least have a competitive game in Boston, Philly. They typically, um, I, I feel like come out on the wrong side of that one. And then you have good, like Milwaukee and Cleveland in there as well. And you only play those teams twice. You're only going to go there one time all year. Um, that Northeast road trip stands out to me a lot. Yeah. And just for, for Brendan's point, I mean, the Kings don't play Boston until really late in the season. They play them in April, and it's on the second night of a back-to-back. They play the Knicks and then the Celtics the next night. Uh, but that trip is a little strange because then they go to, to Brooklyn, and then they go to OKC, which is odd that you're flying back. Um, and it's in the last you know couple of uh, games of the season. Then they finish a back-to-back at home against New Orleans and uh, Phoenix, and then they finish at home on April 14th against Portland. Um, yeah, so I get what you're saying, Brendan, those, those road trips where, you know, you're playing really solid high end teams, uh, those aren't always easy and the Kings have not fared well against the beasts of the East. Uh, that's, that's usually a problem. So, um, I'm kind of of the opinion, like what Sean said, like you're going to trudge through the early part of the season. I think the early part of the season is where, um, really, really, really good teams usually don't care as much. And uh, so they're they're just trying to get themselves ready for the stretch run. And it brings me to a point that um, the Kings play, like Sean talked about last year, three games in February. And I think the weird thing about February was they were like the second and the third and then like the 28th, right? So there was this huge stretch where we didn't see the team. This year, uh, they play four games in February and at home in February, uh, 12 total. So they do have another eight road games in February, but in March, this is when I always feel like the bad teams in the NBA are on the road most of March and April, because they're like, Hey, it doesn't really matter. Anyways, we're just going to throw them out there and whatever happens to them happens to them as your, your playoff teams are ramping up. Um, it's usually unbalanced this year. The Kings have 11 home games in the month of March of their 16. 
and then their April is split four and four. To me, that's another like scheduling anomaly that points to the NBA having at least some belief in the Sacramento Kings uh, that they're actually going to be a solid NBA team because usually you don't have that many, especially after the All-Star break, that last 25 games of the season when a lot of teams cash it in, the Kings have a ton of home games. Does that say anything to you, Sean? Uh, I can I see I see you working there. Honestly, no. I think I mean it, I would kind of lean into more of that if there was like ABC games, for example, having some of those marquee matchups and and having the league having that belief. I, I don't necessarily think it has much to do with that. I do think that they try to find some some attractive um nationally televised games for a team that is going to make a playoff run so um i see work in there but 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 honestly if you're not really on abc i don't see the league really doing you much favor <laughs> you know it's just kind of like a you, you've got to schedule these games and if, if you're on the road so much you know uh, early on then it's going to balance out eventually brennan yeah i mean it doesn't make too much of a difference to me. I mean, I do think later in the year um, there definitely can be more interest. And it is intriguing to me to see like the end of the schedule of when you're playing Western conference teams that, you know, it's hard to predict far this far out because um, there's always unexpected teams that are worse or better than what they project. But, you know, you can kind of look and project that, okay, this is going to be a really important game towards the end of the year. And I think those being nationally televised, um, you know, we'll probably draw more eyes. So I do definitely see the logic there. Okay. Yeah. So in March, they have four nationally televised games, um, but a, a two ESPN, no, an ESPN, a TNT and two NBA TVs uh, in April of their eight games in April, four of them are nationally televised, including two on TNT, uh, the Clippers and Pelicans, and then two on NBA TV, which are the Celtics and Suns. Um, overall, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty intriguing, like, I like the fact that, that they're going to be home, that they're going to have an opportunity to gain some ground late in the season with a, with a home schedule. Now, again, they've got to take care of home cooking, which they haven't done in the past. So that kind of points to like a bigger issue, right? Like if the Kings can't figure out how to protect home court, then it doesn't matter that you have 16 nationally televised games at home. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Like you have to win those games and that's a big deal. Um, so I definitely think that like, there's a possibility here that we're seeing like the beginning of something and certainly some respect from the league when it comes to schedule. Um, is there any, like a player coming back to sack that stands out to you guys? Like the Indiana game will be fun always. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess Rashawn coming back to sack could be fun with Dallas. Yeah. They play Rashawn a bunch of times. <laughs> it feels like, um, yeah, I, I did pencil in when it's i think it's january 18th they play uh against indiana at home so that's of course buddy and uh tyrese coming back um sean do those games mean anything more to you is there and is there someone else that you're like really looking forward to seeing um outside yeah. of yeah go ahead yeah yeah man victor Wembanyama. i think that's gonna yeah. be the one where you want to see when he makes his first uh appearance in sacramento i had the date i just don't have it in front of me at the moment um but yeah, I think that's a uh, that'll be fun. I mean, I think fans, especially if, if if summer league and 
all that was any indication of just how much people are looking forward to seeing this guy play, um, that'll be a good a good matchup or a good moment. I mean, I know they got the national TV game with Spurs uh, pretty early on, mm-hmm. um, so that'll be a nice first glimpse. But um, yeah, having that moment, James, if you have it there, that date was what? It's February February twenty second, uh, and right. it's the first game coming out of the All Star break at home. So yeah. February 22nd, and then they have a couple of days off. Then they play, again, this is what I was talking about earlier. They play the Clippers in L.A. and then a back-to-back uh, back at home against Miami. Just kind of an interesting scheduling anomaly. Uh, and the other one, too, is that, that I had made a note of uh, that I just don't have in front of me is is the Thunder. I mean, you know, Chet Holmgren. I mean, there was he was kind of the women Yama of last year and, and coming off of an injury, and he played very, very well at Summer League and um, I think there's a – still a lot of curiosity about him. Um, so one of the two of those players that may not be come to the forefront of people. And of course, obviously with LeBron, you know, people want to see LeBron. So um, I think people make, make reference of when he'll come through and, you know, that'll be a, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Warrior, so Warriors oh, games will have a little something extra. I think. Oh, they're going to be spicy. Those uh, those yeah. spicy games. Yeah. And Chris and Keegan playing, I think will be a little oh. bit notable. And okay. then the other one that stands out to me is Joel Embiid hasn't played in Golden One Center since February 2021. Right. He's missed oh, wow. the last two years. Okay. Okay, so some of these things. Uh, Brendan, you guys brought up the Warriors. Uh, the first three games, I believe, are either ESPN or TNT. So they open against Utah Jazz. They come home. Their home opener is October 27th against the Warriors on ESPN. It's a Friday night game. Uh, you asked about LeBron. LeBron James, they play two days later on Sunday. Uh, so October 29th. Their three games in October are the Jazz in, in Utah and then the Warriors and Lakers at home. Then they play the Warriors again to open February. I mean, to open November. Um, so that's the one game. It's at Golden State that is not televised uh, nationally. Um, so that's something uh, I, I would definitely point to. Um, and then, so their first six games, Utah, Golden State, LA, Golden State again, then they travel to Houston for two games. Uh, they're, they're not back to back, but two games in a row against the Rockets. And then they come back for Portland. So you'll get to see Scoot Henderson and, uh, and Chris Murray on the 8th of November. OKC, you don't have to wait long for that. So Chet Holmgren comes in on the 10th of November and then the Cavs uh, are on the 13th of November, and then they take off for one of their uh, – that's a six-game road trip. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Like, there are some games that will, like, circle, and I want to see Chet Holmgren. I think that's really interesting. I also – like, I want to see Paolo Bancaro against Keegan Murray. Like, I, that to me is is still intriguing. I don't, I don't really care to see Jaden Ivey or the Detroit Pistons roll through Sacramento. That doesn't have, like, much appeal. Um but but anyway, I, I think some of those games are kind of cool. Fired. The Detroit game last year was actually pretty fun. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get to see Marvin. Yeah. Well, um, maybe. <laughs> shots <laughs> fired. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's funny, like the the, the Chris Murray the, the Chris Murray uh, uh, mention was like I was thinking about that, and I, I was like, shoot, he may not play. You know, and and. and you know, I don't know. That's just it. some of those guys. Like, you know, obviously health is a concern. Uh, but, but I was thinking about that. I was like, man, will 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 Chris Murray play? Um, 
would he be a rotational player for that team? I would, I would hope so based on, you know, but I think they're going to have some pretty high hopes over there. And um, even though I don't think they're very good, but um, trying to duplicate that, that, I mean, if you remember last year, Portland going into the season, people were like excited for them, you know, like, Oh, they can be really good. Like who's going to be better. The Kings or the Blazers. And that became pretty silly conversation very quickly. Well, actually, I think didn't the Kings lose to the Blazers on opening night? They did, yeah, and I think that's yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why, yeah, yeah. So we started to see like even the buzz build, and and like, yeah. look, I still think we're going to wait and see what happens there, but that franchise is on the precipice of disaster or a hard reboot. I I wouldn't say disaster because I, I like a lot disaster. of their young players. They need a hero. Yeah. Oh, they got one. No, he's saying they H E. Oh, I know what he's doing. Yeah, I know what he's doing. They do have one. They do that's, have one to be fair. That's basically in the that's basically in the bag. They need a hero and then some. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. You need I'm more than sure. a hero, my guy. They need more than a hero. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that franchise has added an interesting position in in sort of who and what they are, and and so and then I think the other one is like the James Harden situation, which is just a nightmare. Uh, that's turning into like one of those grand debacles that the NBA loves to. Uh, to have um i don't know so i, I kind of i want to see if he uh tries to if he actually gets his wishes and upsets the balance in the western conference and i don't know that he upsets it in a good way but upsets it so like I, i'm like i don't know about you guys but if he ends up on the los angeles clippers are you okay with that because that doesn't seem like it's a bad deal for the kings um i mean i still think he's pretty good but the clippers will always be like the hypothetical best team in the nba um, paper champs yeah so I, I mean i don't know i'm still not writing off a james harden Kawhi leonard paul george team russell westbrook and and by the way i'm not either because this is the year where like like it or not they have to like your your pot committed uh it hasn't worked but they haven't been healthy and they haven't been able to have their full their full slate of guys you know and, and you need Kawhi and you need paul george and hopefully this is the year where they can play in basically every game together uh and i say hopefully for clipper fans but it's i i'd like to see it as an nba fan myself so they made that move so long ago and and this might be the year where it finally bears fruit and you get to see what it finally is supposed to look like and if not well then paul george for the kings gotta, yeah blow it up. <laughs> uh let me see do we have any other uh interesting tidbits um the sacramento kings have two six game homestands one in december and one in march uh they also have a five game homestand that runs from late march to early april um i these are notes that i took uh we talked about back-to-backs the month breakdown is pretty intriguing in october they play three uh two at home one on the road in november they play 14 games five at home nine on the road uh, but again, a couple of games against teams like Houston and San Antonio, which should be at least intriguing because uh, you have an opportunity for wins there on the road. Uh, December, they have 12 games, um, which is eight at home and four on the road, but they also have the in-season tournament, and so that is yet to be determined. Uh, so I guess the in-season tournament, the, the eight best teams go for like a – like a single elimination tournament. And then the rest of the league has extra games scheduled, two extra games scheduled during that, that gap. And from what I can tell, one is home and one is road. 
Um, and then let's see, January, uh, six home games, nine road games. February, four home games. Uh, we got 12 total, 12, uh, four home games, eight road games, 16 in March, uh, which 11 of which are at home, and then split right down the middle, eight in April with four at home, four on the road. Um, we've talked about guys that you guys want to see come in. Um, like, is there is there anyone else? Like, I, I, I like the Chet Holmgren one. I hadn't thought about that. Cause he, I think that team is going to be really fun to watch. That OKC, t- OKC team, OKC. There we go. The OKC uh, team, OKC team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it's got it's teams like you know Milwaukee and Boston. Um, I think that that'll yeah. be. Those are always fun to see, um, especially with a player like Jason Tatum, who is you know such a stud in this league, and Giannis, who is going to be who's uh, always in the MVP conversation, but we didn't even mention like the defending champs. You know, first time Denver rolls through. That's always, I think, uh, no matter what sport you're looking at, you're, if you get the defending champs on your schedule, and obviously um, Kings will, um, because in the NBA you play everyone uh, coming through your your building. So um, yeah, that that's always fun to see. Yeah, that that's a Saturday night game. Uh, the first time they roll through is December second, Saturday night on NBA TV. And, you know, of course, I expect Michael Malone to, like, try to have the ring ceremony in Sacramento. Uh, and if not, nothing else, he'll <laughs> wear his ring and then, like, a big giant ring shirt and then, like, a suck it Vivek shirt underneath that. Like, uh, but, but, Brendan, what else you got? All the divisional games are always fun. Um, I like little stuff like Corey Joseph being on the Warriors is fun to me. I don't know how much Corey Joseph's going to play, but you know, or like Chemezi Metu being on the Suns. Like, I like the idea of, you know, former teammates kind of jawing at each other a little bit mid-game. I, I think that that is always fun, even if it's talking to the bench or anything like that. Um, so that's fun to me. I think Memphis already being known as a team that talks a lot of shit and is super hard-nosed, and then you add Marcus Smart to that. Um, I think that Memphis is definitely going to be an intriguing one. Um yeah, I, I can't think of much else outside of that. Definitely, Joel Embiid has stood out to me every year. I've wanted to see Joel Embiid the last two years. Has not happened. I would love to see Joel Embiid in Golden 1 Center. It's interesting you bring up Memphis because, you know, of course, Jaws out the first 25 games of the season, right? Although he has, uh, he's appealed that, right? So they, I, I think they're hoping that they'll, the NBA will reduce that. But I, I think uh, it's less, I mean, I, I think it'll be that. Um, yeah, it's funny. The schedule just got released as we're sitting here. Um, I'm trying to see if there's another, when they, they play Memphis, December 31st in Memphis. And then I don't think that they play them again until I see them in March. I think they might only have one home game against Memphis. That's interesting, but they should at least be past their suspension stuff. The first time the Kings play them. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's get to uh, the business of basketball. Um, we've got uh, all these these national televised games, and and I think nationally televised games like Kings fans are getting rewarded. The Kings are getting rewarded. They're not getting rewarded like the Lakers or uh, or the Warriors, where they've got forty something games. But I think twenty two is like a huge starting point. And it's probably like five or six more than I thought they would get at, at a minimum. Um, I, I did not think that they would be this high, but I think my biggest question is what do you think it means for the Kings to get 
all of these games. And, and I don't mean as a franchise. I, I think for as a franchise, it's huge, right? But for individual players who are now going to go from obscurity in Sacramento of maybe getting like four total games a year where including NBA TV and a lot of those get bumped to all of a sudden they're going to be on a national stage all the time. And, uh, you know, we, we have, um, you know, a bleacher report come out with a, like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen where they, they claim that Demonis Sabonis is the most overrated player in the league, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was an embarrassing piece to write uh, for a player who just made um, the all NBA team. Um, and, and who led a team to 18 more wins than they had the previous season. But now the, there won't be an excuse. Like everyone will actually have seen the Sacramento Kings from around the league. Anyone who watches NBA TV or ESPN or TNT, they will have seen the Kings because the Kings are going to be on TV nonstop. I mean, there was one week early in the season where the Kings are on TV Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, and it's like the Cavs, the Lakers, and the Spurs. Like you're going to get to see the Kings and you will not have an excuse to say, well, maybe all I did watch was playoffs. Um, but do you think this means something more to guys like De'Aaron Fox and uh, Demonis Sabonis who are trying to cement themselves as long-term all-stars or long-term all-NBA players? Um, or do you think it's just like part of the process? Oh, no, it's the only good can come of it. You know, you're playing on that stage uh, and you want to, what the, all that all it really means is that two things: you are a successful NBA product, you are a good team, and you're you are, in my opinion, a, a, you you play an exciting brand of basketball that people want to see. And typically, when you play an exciting brand of basketball, it usually leads to at least some sort of sustained success. And uh, it, being a part of a winning basketball program is going to give you eyes and this is you're being rewarded for it and what it does is it shows especially for some of these young guys who um i mean there's a lot of young guys that are still on the kings that are just kind of stepping into that that veteran area but you know i like De'Aaron fox is a is a young vet you know he's still a young but i mean there's there's a level that De'Aaron fox could still get to he just he's coming off of a of a career year first all-star appearance first winning season first playoffs, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I, I even say, even for a guy like him coming off that year, this year could even be um, potentially a larger one and, and put him in front of people's eyes. I, I saw um, our, 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 our buddy Zach Lowe talk about him as an underrated MVP candidate. You know, certainly Demonis Sabonis was, was that as well. I mean, he finished in, I believe it was top five last year, yeah, in MVP voting. So I think he was um, seven. He was seven. Seven, or excuse me, yeah, seven. Sabonis was seven. Yeah, yep. my bad. So yeah, but I mean, it, it, having that dis- having guys like that in the discussion, um, and you get those type of uh, accolades and attention based off of your your national TV audience, and it's not just fans. And and then let's 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 be honest, it's not necessarily national TV; it's international TV. I mean, mm-hmm. the All Star voting is all over the place, and in the global game that is the NBA. Uh, is that's no small feat. I mean, it's it's all over the place. I was looking at a note just a minute ago. Uh, NBA games and programming are available in 214 countries and territories in more than 50 languages. So um, yeah, only good, only good can come of that. But as you see with certain players who are the lightning rods and, and people who think that 
guys like James Harden and Kyrie Irving or uh, pick your poison could, you know, whatever player could be overrated. I mean, you can also enter that fray. So it, 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 yes, attention is good and, but it also brings some scrutiny along the way as well. You got the Dominican Republic tuning in for Chris Duarte. You got um, Portugal tuning in for Namiya Ricardo Brito Reyes, like calling games all night long. And now he'll actually get NBA TV and TNT and ESPN games to work with. Go ahead, Brandon. You got Canada, Bulgaria for for Sasha um, with, you know, probably some Greece thrown in there as well. Lithuania. Lithuania. Nigeria. Spain. Oh, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, even for even for Domas, I mean, you know, Lithuania right. and Spain, those are like hyphenated for him. So, yeah, it's interesting, right? I think that like you're going to be able to see the Kings on a more global stage for sure, but like the the players themselves will be able to expand their brands, and, and that's a good thing. Like you want your players to have success both on the court and off the court, and uh, I think having a, a magnifying glass is big, but I also think. It's a driving force as well. I mean, the Kings have 11 nationally televised games before the All-Star break. That gives De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, 11 games to show who they are to a national audience and gain more votes. Uh, it also, like on a Tuesday night, if you're not really filling up for a game and you look on the schedule and you're on TNT, all of a sudden things change. You, you're you're in a different mindset. You're amped up to go play that game. And so I think it, it especially for a guy like, how about Malik Monk? who should be able to get some six man of the year uh, votes, but also is in a contract here. You can see those games becoming huge for him. And uh, I feel the one guy I feel bad for is Terrence Davis. Who I was going to say the worst time to give him up. Yeah. Uh, TNT TD. <laughs> like he, he always played big on the national stage, which I don't like, what does that mean? That means he played big one like time. three times a year. Uh, yeah. Because the national stage never came to Sacramento. Um, but he's the one guy who, even Brendan, you brought up, I think it is kind of a strange thing that if you look at the Kings roster, they brought back so many players that there are only two guys that I think are in the league that aren't, well, one is on a different team in Shemezi Metu, and the other is Terrence Davis, who's, you know, who's a free agent still, but there isn't another player that they're going to run up against, you know, guys like Chima Moneki are overseas or Casey Akpala or, Matthew Della Vadova, like we have, they're not in the league right now. So there's not going to be a bunch of games where you're playing against former teammates, at least from last year. Um, I think the Suns are the the only game that, that you can really circle. Yeah. And I'll just say, I, I do think there is a potential downside. Like last year was a big step in changing the narrative around the Kings getting rid of like the Kangs stigma, but it was still just a step. Like that's not gone. It's not that far in the rear view. And if you, if the Kings came out and, you know, got smacked around on a nationally televised game, somebody hasn't watched many Kings games. I'd be like, Oh yeah. You know, it's the Kings. Like there is still work to be done in my mind to, to break that stigma. Cause it's not that far removed. Yeah. I mean, I think this is all, it's all big and we're going to get to see the Kings like get to prove a lot of people wrong or prove people right. Like if they don't play well, uh, the national spotlight will be shining brightly on them. Um, okay. I will have more on the schedule. Um, like I'll, I'll have a post up, uh, here not too long on, uh, the Kings beat with some of the breakdowns that we've already talked about today. 
uh, this will go up. It'll be a nice reaction to the NBA schedule coming out. But uh, while we were on the pod, it actually broke. Uh, they actually put everything out there. Um, maybe there's a couple of tidbits of information that we missed. I'm not going to sit here and read you all 80 games that are on the schedule right now. Uh, and then minus the two for uh, the end season tournament. Um, but uh, the schedule's out. It, it's, it's fun. This is a good day for the NBA uh, today that we're, you know, people are going to hash over a million different things and, and try to break everything down and find our nuances and, uh, you know, have some pluses and minuses and we'll, we'll see, uh, how the Kings schedule, you know, fares against other teams. Uh, let's, how, about, uh, how, about, uh, how about one thing that I think people would really like to hear, and that's when tickets go on sale. And that would be August 18th, Friday, August 18th. And then they, oh. do, a, they do a pre-sale access, and that's available kings.com slash pre-sale. And then they have 10 game plans and all kinds of plans available. But uh, take a look at them because, you know, you've seen these flex prices and, you know how things can be. So uh, Friday, August 18th, pre-sale access, kings.com slash pre-sale, and then kings.com slash 10 game plan for their ticket plans that are available. So Okay. And that's tomorrow. Yeah, Just so. And, is, and if, yeah, sorry. That is tomorrow. And, and if, there are pre-sales, if there are pre-sales, uh, you might even have those in your inbox already if they're going to drop in pre-sales for tickets. Um, it, it's definitely a big thing for the Kings. And, and I would point out too, um, the Kings, not only did they, uh, they sold out all of their season ticket packages. Um, so as of right now, they are sold out of, did we, I think he saw the yeah. freeze coming. He did. He saw it. It was like, <laughs> it was like the Titanic that couldn't get out of the way of the iceberg. <laughs> I mean, he saw it there and, and, oh, he's I'm back. back. I'm back stupid internet we just said you saw the freeze coming you saw the that you were Predicted. the titanic heading towards the uh, iceberg and couldn't get out of the way that's funny so <laughs> I'll, I'll just point out like uh kings have sold out of season ticket packages from what i've heard they they now have a waiting list for season ticket packages but they also reserve a, a bunch of seats for single games and and like what we're talking about the 10 game packages i would i would guess that the 10 game packs are going to sell out so if you're interested in season tickets, uh, I would go, or you're interested in like 10 game packs, I'd go buy them. Um, it, it's a pretty big, uh, this is this thing's taken off quickly. And if there's one thing uh, Kings fans have always proven is that when the team is any good at all, uh, they they show up in, in mass. Uh, like I think 19 of the first 20 seasons, they sold out 100% of the games. Uh, the only season was I think the 97, 98 season or they had like been good and then fell apart after Brian Grant left. Um, so yeah, this team is is building again. So if you're going to get in the building, um, you better go get your seats relatively quick. Um, all right. Do we have any final thoughts? Brennan, let's start with you. What do you got final thoughts? That I got to talk to Keon Ellis the other day for a little while and nice. wrote up an article for the Kings Herald. Um, Talked about a handful of different things, kind of went through what he learned from different coaches throughout the course of the year, Bobby Jackson, um, Mike Brown, and, and Lindsey Harding, somebody he worked pretty closely with, and how he feels about Lindsey being head coach going into next year. Um, some things in there about you know what he's working on as, as an individual, and I think the one thing kind of want to highlight is that he mentioned there's a good group of guys that are all working out together fairly often, and includes, you know, 
De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, and those guys being a little in and out, obviously Keegan, Team USA, Davion, I think has gone overseas or gone back to Baylor, um, and De'Aaron just went overseas. But outside of that, it's been Keon, um, Kessler Edwards, Colby Jones, Jalen Slauson, Jordan Ford, lots of guys um, getting together and and all working out, which I think is always great to hear in an offseason. That is good to hear. Uh, Sean, what, what, he didn't mention Malik, right? It seems like, well, Sean, you talked to Malik last week, but it seems like Malik has been in Sacramento quite a few times this summer. Yeah. And he's been back in Arkansas as well. Um, but he's, uh, these guys, this is kind of like their, their last, uh, remaining weeks of the, of the NBA offseason. even though training camp camp doesn't begin to that first week of October, September is when they kind of all, uh, you know, fly in and get back into their, their normal routines and uh, occupy the, uh, the training facility. So um, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be all over the place. And then uh, right around the first week of September, some guys get in earlier. I think you'll see another couple trickle in by the second week, but September is when they all kind of come in. So um, it's fun because it's right around the corner. It seems like there's still quite a bit of off season left, which is a, a good thing for, at least for me. Uh, and I, as I kind of slide into um, a lot of football, uh, high school football for me, and, uh, you know, you got the colleges right around the corner, and, of course, the NFL training camp's continuing. So uh, a lot of Niners, a lot of much more high school football, and uh, it's a fun, fun time of year. It's a nice little refresh uh, until it starts to get a little chilly in the air, and then basketball season's right there. So looking forward to it. Going to need Trey Lance to pick it up. Well, yeah, I mean, he's gonna third. Lie. Third in the depth chart. Yeah, not so. accepting. Yeah, come on now. You you don't like that, right? You no you no. You... I I just want to see Trey Lance. Like yeah. I, I like what's the future with Sam Darnold? You know, like well, I that, figuring out your two right now. But James and I were on the radio uh, a little over a week ago. We were talking about it, and it's like, boy, if you're if you're Trey Lance and and then you're the Niners and you ship out all this capital to 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 bring him in, and you still have some questions. Maybe they don't have questions. But it's not a good sign that when you bring in a guy like Sam Darnold, who has been a serviceable quarterback on some pretty bad teams, um, I think he's a talented quarterback. But when you hear Kyle Shanahan, if you're Trey Lance and you hear your coach go, oh, yeah, there's a lot of Steve Young there, and you're comparing him to a Hall of Famer who's, like, in my mind, one of the faces of the, of the 49er uh, franchise over time, uh, that's not a good thing. You're third. So. It's funny, like, when I watched him, in their preseason opener and watching preseason football is the worst thing you can possibly do to make any sort of, it's like yeah. watching summer league basketball. Summer right. League. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are things that you can see. And the thing that I will point out is it's the same exact issue that I've always had with Marvin Bagley. It's not that I don't think Marvin Bagley's talented. I think Marvin Bagley's tremendously talented and, and has all the potential in the world. The problem is that like he never played more than 20 straight games until his final year in Sacramento. And I think he, he ended up playing 24 straight. Like you can see a player that hasn't been on the field. It's one thing to throw the ball to moving targets and, and to work on your arm strength and work on your delivery and work on all this stuff. It's a whole nother thing to be in game action because it's not that he's making a bunch of mistakes and throwing interceptions. It's at the game speed. I mean, he's getting sacked the whole time and sure it was a second uh, team line that he was playing behind but it's also a second team defensive line. A lot of the time that he was playing against and he just didn't make quick decisions. And the quick decisions he didn't make were 
uh, the things that you see from young players that are inexperienced. And this is a third year guy. And that's why Sam Darnold doesn't matter how good he is as a starter. He still has 55 games of NFL experience as a starter under his belt. And that experience like teaches you how to handle things like a, a defensive line coming at you and not stepping in and making mistakes. So, um, yeah, I yeah. like, yeah. You make it, you don't make it. That's the way then NFL works, just like the NBA. Like either you're good enough or you're not good enough. Either you're, especially at the quarterback position, your brain works fast enough or it doesn't. And, you know, he's behind the eight ball because uh, the other two quarterbacks he's he's competing with, uh, one has a bunch of experience and one of them gets it. And that's a problem. So Brandon Allen might be three. I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying trade him. I'm saying like, this is about winning a Super Bowl. It's not about one player. And that means that, you know, it's the same thing with the Kings. It's about winning games. It's not about one player. And we're not going to wait around for, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, we could compare Trey Lance to Namias Keda. And, like, except for Namias Keda hasn't got injured. But the team isn't going to wait around and see if you're good enough to play. You got to prove you're good enough to play. And that's it. Like, unfortunately, for some of these young guys. Um, Sean, was that your final thought? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm just empty up here. I have, no, yeah. I have no, no, no thoughts running through my mind other than, other than a lot of upcoming assignments that have to deal with uh, the football. So looking yeah. forward to it. I, I want to uh, like two seconds, send thoughts and prayers to our friends over at KCRA who lost one of their producers uh, this last week. Um, tragic uh, accident at, I believe Folsom Lake. Folsom Lake. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, thoughts and prayers out to the family and to our friends at KCRA. Uh, those things are horrible to deal with and a really, really sad day for, for everyone over there. Um, outside of that, uh, stick with us. We'll have a whole bunch more coming up. Uh, this is the off season, and it man, it's hot. I, I don't even <laughs> understand how hot it is. And it's not cooling down at night. Those are the worst days for me. It, like, I'm okay it, with the heat. It does down the- here. It does down here. It, like in the nighttime, you get a nice breeze. That that's been the. Uh, it was like eighty six at eleven o'clock last night, like here. Yeah. That's that's not. I mean, because I like to open up the house, turn on the whole house fan, suck all that heat out, get it all all out of the attic, and there's no way to do it when it's still flaming hot outside. Um, all right. Uh, well, we've got the schedule covered for you. You'll have more on that as we post stuff uh, throughout the day. Uh, make sure you're following Sean and Brendan. Uh, they too will have their own coverage in a different way of the NBA schedule getting released. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Kingspeed podcast. If you're still watching, you don't mind, give us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe to the channel, give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to your podcast, go to the Kingsbeat.com and become a premium subscriber to the Kings beat. We got all kinds of crazy stuff coming up. It's going to be a fun season of Kings basketball kicking off on October 25th against Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. So for Box 40, Sean Cunningham, and Brendan Nunes from the Kings Pulse Podcast, I'm James Hamm, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. See you very soon.